1: players step your game up don't be sluggish or lazy or jimmy j might hit you with a shaky baby catch him on youtube or any podcast platform breaking all the news
0: down like shack does the backboards no hot takes this is where the hottest debates at now kick your feet up cause it's time for straight facts
1: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, as always, brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. It's your boy, Jimmy J. My guys, Jake Galley and Stab Matt Robinson with me two weeks to not only the start of the NFL season, but the start of season three for Straight Facts. We're hype. How you guys doing? It's been, what, two preseason games, right, for the NFL. So quick evaluation about how y'all Eagles are doing in the preseason.
2: My Clemson-Bias wants me to... Wants the Eagles to keep Deion Cain over Jalen Rager, uh, but when you're arguing about like who should be the last receiver on the roster, you're really hungering for some football. So <laughs> these two weeks can go back to quicker.
0: And I've been surprised, and granted, it's not that surprising, but like the starters have barely played at all, which I'm. You no, know, I'm a little surprised ultimately. for y'all. A little surprised for y'all. Ultimately, I'm okay with that, but like as a fan who wants football. Like it kind of it stings like there's, you know, the Texans and the worst teams in the uh, among the NFL are are playing their starters for like a half. I envy those people. Well, I mean, well, you do now. <laughs> you do now. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Being that it's not my team. Right. Right, right. And And from the
1: standpoint of like you guys have a lot of new pieces going on and your newest piece, your most important piece is a receiver. I would want to, you know, think that would want to come with some real game simulation kind of test run, but that's what these joint practices are for. Like they really go hard in these joint practices. They are mini games and mini scrimmages even before the preseason game. So I'm sure y'all are getting it out for that, but everybody is starving for more football for football to start back up. So we're continuing with the off season now, episode eight and getting ready for the football season with these narratives. And something that I saw that I wanted to bring to the table here and discuss was Which players going into their second year are going to have that big jump or are they going to have that kind of sophomore year slump? You see that the sophomore year is really telling. The second year is really telling for a lot of players. So we're going to go through a list of players and we're going to say, is it either a sophomore year slump or a sophomore year surge? And Jake, I got it out. I really didn't know if I was going to get that tongue twister. I did did well with it.
0: I I think you aced it.
1: You did. Thank you. I had to change it up a little bit. But first person we're going to do is we got to reevaluate Trevor Lawrence because I think the biggest thing that is going for Trevor Lawrence this year is he doesn't have Urban Meyer as his head coach. So hopefully that comes with some stability for the second-year quarterback. But last year, completed 359 over 609 passing attempts. That's 59% completion percentage, 3,600 yards, 12 TDs, 17 interceptions. He led the league. And interceptions last year. So, what are we thinking for T. Law? Are we thinking a sophomore year surge or a sophomore year slump? Jake, I'll go to you first.
0: Uh, I'm going to say surge because I trust in the talent uh, of what we saw throughout his collegiate career. Versus, you know, really the inconsistent and I mean outright bad. I don't know if outright bad is a little harsh, but like the play last year was was rough. I mean, outright bad. <laughs> outright bad to, uh, you know you have less touchdowns and interceptions that's never good especially when you're throwing the ball 610 times um I, look he as you said he's going like they are just the baseline of like worst case scenario is still better than what they were last year so yeah. by that virtue he's going to be better but how good is he going to be i like I personally i don't know if this will happen but I wouldn't be completely shocked if they won the division this year because he has weapons. He should take a step forward, as I said, based on what we think he is and what we think of Doug Peterson as a head coach. I don't know. You put all those factors together, the uh, addition by subtraction that they did, and I, I see a surge for, for T-ball. I don't know.
2: So I, I I'm obviously incredibly biased since the Jaguars are my adopted AFC team. With when when Trevor.
1: when was this when was this announced and established that the Jaguars awesome. are no no <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> you're, you're what, no, no. A, once
2: they got so they got Trevor Lawrence Clemson Travis True. Etienne Clemson and they got Dougie P won us a Super Bowl here in Philly so it's it's an, big obvi- it's an obvious AFC choice for me um that
0: it's like time. when
2: uh, Houston had uh, Watson and DeAndre Hopkins together for mm-hmm. all this. And so, but I think the most telling game of Lawrence's season last year was Week 18, when he played the Colts in a game that didn't matter for the Jaguars, actually hurt them in uh, draft positioning if they won, mm. and it was against a division rival, which they could knock out if they won of the playoffs. And Trevor Lawrence put up his only 100 passer rating game of the season. Nothing like too crazy, spectacular, but 23 of 32. 72% completion, two touchdowns, no picks, 111 passer rating. That's shown – like Trevor Lawrence made it so they had a game to play for because it's it's a game that he could say, yeah, we knocked them out of the playoffs and we can wear that pelt that they took going into the offseason. And then with Peterson, who developed uh, – remember, Carson Wentz was a North Dakota State mm-hmm. – drafting North Dakota State quarterbacks wasn't a thing that people did – and we took a North or the Eagles took a North Dakota State quarterback, and then his second year was an MVP candidate before his injury. And him doing that with someone who had way more, even though they were both top two draft picks, Lawrence was way more touted coming out of college than Wentz was. Um, and the potential of Lawrence is there, and the mentality of Lawrence is there. And unless I completely read him wrong as a quarterback at Clemson. There's no way he doesn't bounce back and have at least a top half quarterback season. Suggested.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you that you said the potential, the mentality, the talent. Like let's not forget what we were watching this man Trevor Lawrence do through three years in college, just absolutely lighting up the scene. Like that is still there, um, and I just think a lot of context was going around the, him and the jaguars last year that just didn't lead to much success like we could get into the whole urban meyer thing later but even with how the team was constructed like trevor lawrence is a, is a quarterback that can and wants to push the ball down the field he's able to do that at the nfl level and last year the jags ranked 30th in air yard pass attempts uh you know per game so it's 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 something that they weren't Used to doing is something that their offense wasn't revolved around. And Trevor Lawrence with added new weapons can do that this year. Let's hope Doug Peterson can do that. The 2017 Eagles ranked eighth in that in their Super Bowl year run. So if he can get back that Doug Peterson can get back to that and not run kind of like this Kyle's college-style offense that Urban Meyer wanted to stay married to, you know, they can adapt to NFL defenses and actually go and get something done. And like He's just going to do better because Urban Meyer is not his coach. We can we can be we can be honest about that. Like it's it's really to be that simple. That Urban Meyer is out. Somebody else new, Doug Peterson, who has success in this league at a very high level, has turned around a quarterback or has helped develop a quarterback already. As I should say, a high draft pick. Like that's the stability that a young talented quarterback needs, and that's something that <laughs> Urban Meyer just was. not There was something new every single week with the Jaguars last year and none of it was on the field. None of it was to the betterment of Trevor Lawrence it was to the betterment of the offense. It's all distraction from the person who's supposed to be coaching and supposed to be helping you. So like that t- just having that stable ground as a young quarterback is going to lead to some success.
0: And I think that there's a lot of similarities and I don't want to draw too strong of a connection because things really worked out for these guys but you look at Joe Burrow's first year compared to Joe Burrow's second year. And obviously the first year ended with a knee injury and maybe he would have shaped up. Um, and, and and it's also worth noting that even in that first year, better returns than what Trevor Lawrence showed. In hey, I just want to
2: be, Burrow had way better weapons to throw the ball to. Like way better.
0: Right. But in that second year, they pick high. They add um, Jamar Chase to the offense. Now, in, in this season, he adds, and like, it's almost going to make me laugh to say the name in succession, but you add Christian Kirk and yeah. you add Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne, nothing to laugh at. If he pans out, he could be a top 10 running back with the skill that he has. Um, so, again, I don't, I get, I, you, you are completely correct, Matt. The Bengals are probably a class above, but there were major holes in that team from one year to the next. And they were able to make the jump from a top 10 picking team to a Super Bowl contender. And do I expect the Jags to do that? No. But what, you know, what what I'm trying to convey is like, if it does happen, we told you so. <laughs> it's not <laughs> right, off right. the table. Exactly.
1: I mean, you're Matt, You're the one saying he's going to be a top end quarterback, top half of the league this, quarterback. This like here, was,
2: the, this, the Jaguars were, I, I still think the Jaguars roster has a lot of holes to fill. I think this oh, is like no. a seven and ten, eight and nine type Jaguars. Game. Which
1: is a huge jump. Which is a huge jump for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, I think yeah, it's, you, you bought
2: that in, to start. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just I I can't predict them into the playoffs.
1: We can move on after this point, but just just going piling on to my Urban Meyer point. I'm just looking at their losses last season, how many one score games they lost, like how many games they were in. Really, we got a, a ten point loss to the Broncos. We got a three point loss to the Bengals. A three point loss to the Dolphins. Uh, a seven point, six point loss to the Colts. Um, a five point loss to the Jets. Like we have, and then they finally beat the Colts at the end of the year. Like those are five one score games right there. They're, these are these are games that that they're in now. Bring a better coach. Bring weapons into that mix, and give a guy like Trevor Lawrence a chance to to actually win those games to close that gap. Like I'm not saying all 5 of those should be wins. I'm saying those are 5 games that you were very much in that a, a good team and a good coach can find ways to to pull that out. So I I think you made this point a couple of a couple of pods ago, but when you have that many close games that you're losing, that points to coaching. Mm-hmm. That points to to not being able to, for your not being able to coach your team to get in it. All done. Sports,
2: so, really. in, in all sports, really. In all sports, really.
1: Yeah, no. I I feel that for sure. So I say that to say that new face, new energy, new breath. We might see an added Trevor Lawrence this year, but staying with the AFC and sophomores coming out of the AFC that can do something. Elijah Moore for the jets. Everyone's really high on this man. I'm kind of intrigued by what the jets are doing. I keep saying to everyone, the jets are building something. It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year, but in recent and very soon years, we will look at the Jets much differently than we're looking at them right now. And Elijah Moore could be at the forefront of that. Last year, 77 targets, 43 catches, 538 yards, and five touchdowns. But, Jake, I'll let you go first because you have a very specific reason as to why it won't be a surge. It'll be a sophomore slump for Eli Moore. And I think it's a great place for us to start the discussion.
0: Yeah, you could put me on major hater alert. Zach Wilson stinks. <laughs> He stinks. Like he outright stinks. Um, and <laughs> I, don't I don't think, he I, dude, he is not going to be an NFL quarterback after next right. year. Next year, maybe the last year that Zach Wilson right. will start. And it. And look, I will say, unfortunate, you know, the offensive tackle they drafted to protect him is is out both years that he's supposed to be the starter. He himself has been injury ridden, uh, riddled, but like, I wish that I could have dug up the stat. There was a stat that I think we even mentioned in a straight facts episode before where his pace with Zach Wilson as quarterback compared to a 17 game pace with Joe Flacco and Mike White, who I don't know. Well, I know who Joe Flacco is. Mike White. White. uh, With those two guys, he is like, it was, I think it was like 1300 yards and like over 10 touchdowns compared to Zach Wilson, where it was close to his full year stats in just the... Um, I think he started in two games. He played in the, in, in double-digit games, but he only started, uh, I think, five or six of them. But it is beyond me how uh, Zach Wilson criminally gets away with just, just uh, I'm the number two pick. I'm going to be the starting quarterback, which is, I guess, what happens in the NFL. But I, I don't know, Matt. Am I crazy here? Like, am I... Uh, Zach Wilson's going to hold him back.
2: I... It's really it's really unfair because it's obviously... Everything isn't forever. But I have a hard time believing any Jets offensive player that they develop will ever be good until I see it happen. Because they're, every good Jets offensive player has been, oh, they got Brandon Marshall. Oh, they got Jericho Cotry. And it's like, Oh, they got Ladanian Tomlinson at the end of his career. Like, they're so bad at developing offensive talent. And I know it's unfair because it's completely different people then and now. But it's just, I just, my brain has me thinking that it's like Elijah Moore won't pan out. And I, I think you're right about Zach Wilson, though. Zach Wilson's going to hinder his, uh, Elijah Moore's growth as well.
0: The other thing, it's not just, this is a reason probably that it, that, I think he might surge. I know this is going to go back against the Zach Wilson point, but like they have Garrett Wilson in the fold now who will see some more coverage drawn his way. They've got Brees Hall, who by all accounts is like a beast in training camp, going to have a good season. And who knows, like Zach Wilson might not play all the games. So if they do get another quarterback who is clicking with the offense in there, They have a ton of pieces, maybe not on the offensive line, but in terms of skill positions, they have a ton of pieces to be a competent offense this year. So I like Eli Moore, the player, the situation, I'm a little afraid of though. But the the situation is what he's thriving in right now, or
1: at least to end the season last year was thriving in. And I think they can pick up where he left off. You got the middle stretch where he was like doing elite numbers from week eight to 13. 34 receptions, 459 yards, five touchdowns. All three of those numbers are top 10 in the in the league in that category. So we've seen the Jets put pieces together. And I think a guy like Zach Wilson comes in and kind of hones all that, like together, kind of puts all that within the offense together. And I, I can see them taking steps in the right direction. Like, but when we talk about a, a sophomore surge, I'm not saying he's going to go out and be maybe even a a pro bowler or be top five in the position, but if we see him take a sophomore year surge and Zach Wilson take a sophomore year surge and all these young guys that we have on the Jets see them take a step up this year, we see the Jets really improve as a team. And I like the fact that they're kind of handcuffed. Like I like the fact that if Zach Wilson gets better, Eli Moore gets better. If Eli Moore steps it up, we could see more and see better out of Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims and all the guy and Garrett Wilson, all the people that are, are kind of handcuffed and put together in that young Jets core. We see them all take up them. You know, we see them all improve. Like they are still going against a good division. Like they are still going to have an uphill battle to climb and they are still the Jets. So like Eli Moore could fall on either side of this category, but I see more reasons why he could surge, why he could take a step up this year than why he would take a step back. And if it, if it all hinders on Zach Wilson for you, then that's, I don't know. We gotta <laughs> We got to agree to disagree there. If that's the line for you, Zach Wilson is the line for you.
0: Well, I'm under the assumption, like if you were to put, I'm trying to think of who the worst quarterback I could say that this would be true for. If you were to put, um I don't want to say Daniel Jones is probably not true. Someone a little better than Daniel Jones on that offense, it would be a top 10 total yards offense. Like if you could if you put someone who is just competent, not even like a star quarterback, they're good enough elsewhere to be a top 10 offense yardage wise. Uh like maybe I'm buying into the hype of their young guys a little bit too much, but they have th- weapons.
1: Well, what I think you're not doing is I think you're looking at maybe Zach Wilson for what he is right at the second and not what he can turn into. Because I think, I think when you talk about playmaking ability, arm talent, seeing the field, I think he's there. I think him having to overcome these little hurdles or these little like mountains that he's overcoming is because he played at BYU. Like, if if Zach Wilson's competition in college was in the SEC or the Big Ten or better competition in college, we may not have so much room to go to where he's catching up to the league. But when you look at, like, when he gets outside the pocket, when he creates ability, when he's throwing these balls kind of against his body and they're still traveling 60, 70 yards, like, I know he can do it. I know he's got it in him. I think he just has to get used to the speed, the talent, the adjustment of this game. That's just what I see with Zach Wilson, and I'd much rather have that to work on than, like, not being able to see the field, not being able to make the plays as a quarterback. I think he can make the plays. I, I see things. a
2: quarterback who does not know how to be – like, he plays like he's still, like, the big man on campus. Right, okay. And he yeah. is not that good. He's all bad, that- Like he, he forces balls into bad areas all the time. He he really doesn't. He needs to rely on players better than him to get him to get the team going. Like someone like Elijah Moore, get him a little five yard slant. But he's always going to try to make the big play because he thinks he can make it all the time.
1: I can teach that. I'd rather I'd rather you be able to make the big play, and I teach you how to make the right read than the other way. I can't teach you that when a play breaks down to be able to scramble out and make a crazy throw with a great. I can't teach that. But I can teach you how to make the right read on a down-to-down basis. But like I think that comes in time. I really do.
0: I, he's got like, a good
1: it, coach, got a good system up there. I think that comes in time.
0: He could get better at it, but the question is: can he get good enough to a point where he wins you multiple playoff games? To where Zach, are you confident Zach Wilson ever in his career? comes out, looks yeah. across at the defense, and says, if it's not here, it's here. If the play's not yeah. going here, it's going here. On yeah. consistently get it right every single yeah. I, like Here's what I'm going to tell you. You said, oh, yeah. I wish we would have seen him in front of some SEC defenses. If we did, we may not have been seeing Zach Wilson in the NFL because we'd realize that. Zach Wilson's not all that good. That's what I think would have happened.
1: But, but." but Nah, I'll save it because we're going to get to that brother later, Later, but I'll save it. I'll say it because if you're down on Zach Wilson, I, I, I better hear energy for who we got coming up. I better hear the same type energy for who we got coming up later if you got all this animosity for Zach Wilson. We're going to move on uh, from Elijah Moore, who we were talking about, but it ended up being a Zach Wilson rant. We're going over to the NFC now uh, to the defensive side of the ball because this was the probably the biggest name on defense a season ago uh, coming out of the draft, and that's J.C. Horn, who was coming out of South Carolina, just absolutely locks up on defense last year. One interception, one pass defense in only three games, um, so he's looking to come back and have a healthy season, have a good season. But if it's anything from what anyone's seen on the tape, or if you know anyone thinks that they know J.C. Horn is going to come back and have a really good sophomore season. So, stat, Matt, you see him slumping or you see him surging down there in Carolina? I
2: see him surging. Uh, I saw him a lot against, even though Clemson always killed those South Carolina teams, he was always the guy that annoyed me. And I think just for, from a non-talent perspective, I think Carolina is going to stink. They, I think J.C. Horn is going to be good. The teams are just going to do what they did to uh, what the Raiders with Namdi, where they just don't throw that way. So he'll he'll be fine this year if he stays healthy. Um, I think teams will just attack the other side of the field, um, and, and I I I don't see a reason that I think he'll really slump. Really.
1: Oh, I do. I, this this is one that I'm a little pessimistic on. Not not just because he's in my division, but. You face number ones this year instead of number twos and number threes. You don't have A.J. Boye there. You don't have some other guys on the defense, Stephon Gilmore, that have been there in past seasons. You got to go up against the Mike Evans and Chris Godwins of the world, the Mike Thomases, the Jarvis Landrys, Chris Alave's. Like Even within your division, Kyle Pitts might even draw some assignments from you. And you don't have a whole season last year under your belt. To prepare you to now step into the number one role. I get he was drafted, what seventh overall or something like that, top 10 pick. Like I get he's he was drafted to be that, but now you're coming into a brand new role on defense and it's the most important. And now you're gonna get targeted, now you're gonna get picked on. You don't have that under your belt in the NFL of a year. I just don't, and the Panthers don't have a support system around him, like there's no one helping in the pass rush. There's no no one helping out anybody else in coverage. Like the Panthers don't have a stout defense to make it. Happen. They lost their best pass rusher to y'all. Like they don't. I, they don't even have it on defense to help out a young cornerback like that. You're about to go get picked on.
0: So here's I will offer some names: C.J. Henderson, another second year or maybe third year guy, corner. Um, From Florida, was, great, great corner, yeah, right? Great corner. Jeremy Chin can play a little bit um at a safe uh safety position so maybe not direct support but at least another young guy back there who's shown that he can play and then brian burns can kind of be a game wrecker i don't know if people really know how good brian burns is you might need to watch some tape on dude he can set the I i might need
1: i might need to watch some tape on dude you're right because as a brother that i've faced i don't know how many years he's been in the league but i face him twice a year and he if he hasn't come across my radar yet, he don't scare me.
0: All I'm saying is there are other pieces. Also, I won't, I won't, I will not get on my soapbox, even though this is kind of it happening right now. There's a lot of Temple Owls who are solid, solid football players on the you roster have, as well. You have
1: the coach and a wide receiver. Not, not, no, not no, no, it. It's not um, going to do with JC Warren.
0: There's like seven of them. It's like Sean Chandler, Keith Kirkwood. Right. Like there's a, well, because Matt Rule, you know, was the guy who recruited a lot of them. Is familiar with right. a lot of he the guys that. who were in the NFL,
1: right? He but
0: good pickups. Um, good, good okay, it's so all turn it to you then, JC Horn. I think he like so like slump number numbers wise, but in terms of like his actual impact on the game, I think he's a bona fide like CB one like proved enough in those three games, granted a small sample size, that he has the talent to stick with just about, you know, any, any, any starting wide receiver in the league. 69 coverage snaps in, the, in those three games. He only allowed two catches for 18 yards, and he had an interception throughout those just about 70 snaps. So while it is a small sample size, like he's shutting dudes down and has ball skills. So it, if the Panthers can get after the quarterback and if they do have a solid defensive backfield, because I am, I, I will say I am scared that he's going to be lining up against Mike Evans and lining Every up play. against Drake Every, and if, DJ Moore. Well, and well here's, here's, the,
1: here's the thing. And here's what's going to go against him a lot. The stats, I don't think are going to go in his favor because the Panthers don't have the ability if they want somewhat of a chance to for him to play one side. If they're in man coverage, he's gonna have to travel because I don't think you want Mike Evans or you don't want the number one, whoever they play, you don't want the number one receiver on. If I got JC Horn, he's over there. So he's going to see targets. And he's not a cornerback that quarterbacks aren't going to throw to. He's going to see a lot of targets. He's going to see a lot of action. And I just don't think he has it locked up or has has the defense around him to be able to aid him to have a, you know what I mean? To to have a good cornerback season. Like he's really going to be on an island out there. Well I, I, I actually it, Go
2: ahead. I actually do think it depends on what you consider a good cornerback season because especially after the Trayvon Diggs season last year is a big debate over what that is. Cuz I think the layman might see not to sound pretentious might see like JC Horn uh, like running behind receivers trying to make a tackle to stop a touchdown but the film watching coordinator is going to see oh he noticed the safety busted the coverage got there in time to prevent a touchdown kind of Mm things and I also think like in the Super Bowl last year everyone on Twitter was clowning Jalen Ramsey for celebrating when he played like trash because Jamar Chase beat him a couple times and then like the people who know better than us were on Twitter basically saying no like he ran perfect route like Chase ran perfect routes and the balls are placed perfectly. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do. Nothing so can do I, like I think that. I think that, that, that there's a decent chance that like people think, oh wow, he's getting burned a lot, but like in reality, he's a he's a right, stud right, right.
1: But, but we know the difference. They've got to pay attention to who catches the ball. So you know what I mean, like if if he makes the tackle, but it was Scotty Miller who caught the ball, then that probably wasn't his. You know what I mean? It wasn't his coverage? Or if he's chasing behind, you know, Jalen Darden, then I know that that probably wasn't him. You know who who Blue who who got beat on the play, but all my points still stand for me. For like you were just saying, man, but all my points still stand.
0: Brian Burns, seventh tied for seventh in the NFL tackle for loss last year. Great, know man. the name, James. Pray for your quarterback. Now
1: let me let me not let me not act so cocky before he actually does something to us in the regular season for the for the football guys actually punish me. But if if are your, your your top pass rusher. Your top disruptor was tied for seventh. It's not shabby. It's top ten. It's tied for top ten in the league. But we're gonna. You're gonna need a lot. You're gonna need a
2: lot more. There's some more. Trent Cole numbers right there.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of guys that are also tied for. There's like between like so he had like 17 tackles or maybe it was 13 tackle for loss. Like between like 13 and 15, there's like 20 guys. So mm-hmm. to be fair, he's he's just above average. But still, I mean, you'll take it.
1: Now how good can a cornerback be on a stinky team? Mm. Probably not that's, very good. That's, you know what I mean? That's a real philosophical question because we can talk about J.C. Horn being good, but if the Panthers are getting run up off for 30, 35-plus points a game, how good can you be as a corner? Because a lot of that, you're going to be on the wrong end of a lot of highlights.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, like, they score. If your team stinks and they're always down you're going to be getting blocked a lot because they're going to be running the ball they're a lot. Ball, right. So not a fun game for you, but we'll um, see. I don't know if they're going to be that bad. They'll probably be like middle of the pack. I think.
1: Well, let Matt tell it. They're a good old eight and nine. Good old nine. and eight. No, 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 no. Over I think right the, I
2: think Panthers are going like four and 13. Yeah. I don't
1: see many wins to be honest. Baker at the helm too. And also let's talk about that because Casey Horton see a lot of field time with that brother Baker at quarterback. A lot of field time
0: between can also,
1: three and outs, between, between turnovers, see a lot of short fields. Like he's, when, He could be put in a lot of bad positions.
0: When you're trying to jump routes or look for like bad balls that you could take advantage of, he's getting a ton of reps in practice, in practice though, with, with Baker and Darnold. I mean, he's going to be ready.
1: We're both of them. we both of them. My goodness. All right. The last one we're going to go to, and I need to hear the same energy as you did for Zach Wilson, for this brother, Jake, the same energy for Zach Wilson as you did for this brother. Trey Lance, now named starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers with them moving on from Jimmy G last year again and a real small sample size, completed 41 passes of, of 71 attempts, 605 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, also rushed for 186 yards and a touchdown. Now, Trey Lance offers the maybe the most creative, one of the most creative offensive minds in the NFL, paired with one of the most creative players in Debo Samuel, a very creative, a very dynamic quarterback in Trey Lance. All the perception seems to say, that he's going to have a surge. He's going to have a great second year. And Matt, I'll let you go first because I believe it was two weeks ago. You were quoted in saying that the bar, the standard for Trey Lance is set too low. People should have him held to a higher standard as coming in for a second year quarterback. So I I assume you're going to say he's going to surge. I I think he's
2: going to surge. And one of the big reasons I said that is because the 49ers made the NFC title game and almost won it last year. Mm-hmm. They almost were in the Super Bowl last year and now he's the quarterback of that team. That doesn't happen unless the team thinks your the coach thinks the team's going to get better for doing it. So in the 49ers' mind this season is we need to make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. And I is that a little unfair probably, but just from a performance standpoint I think Lance is going to be great. Um I think like very sneaky long shot MVP candidate. Um I think um, I think he's going to have a season about as good as what like, Dak Prescott usually puts up. Um, I think that's what... We're, because he's... I love them coming out of college. I love that he got to sit a year behind uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. G and Shanahan and learn the system. And historically, Shanahan quarterbacks in their second year really have a great season. The best year of Matt Schaub's career was the second year with Shanahan where he led the league in passing yards. and almost took Houston to the playoffs. Atlanta, when Shanahan was there, Matt Ryan won MVP in his second year. And then in Jimmy G's second year, uh, he went went to the Super Bowl with um, with Shanahan. If you don't count the year, 2018, he got hurt. So, like, I didn't really count that. Um, uh, I also didn't count Washington because Washington is a hellhole where everything goes to die. And quarterback in that second year... <laughs> you don't was have in, to was have Rex hold it. Yeah, you don't have to hold it you don't so, have to hold him so. So it the so it seems that these quarterbacks learn the system and then perform to their highest ability. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think for Trey Lance that's gonna be a so far. But I think Trey Lance is on the trajectory of being one of the elite quarterbacks in the game, and it's just a matter of when, not if that happens.
0: Yeah. Um I was ready to talk I don't a lead is a little too far. I was oh, ready look, to talk highly of him, and then Matt said all of that, and I'm like, "Well, an elite, right, then he's an elite." Nah. I, I, but I, but I feel him. I feel him. Well, it's look, it's like you know. If Jimmy G can succeed in the offense, like, that's a serious indicator that you have a chance to be really good if you get someone that, who's better in there. That that anybody,
1: that anybody can do it. If that brother can do it, anybody can do it. Like, I, I really think that if Jimmy G almost takes your team to the Super Bowl, anybody can do it. Anybody.
0: And, like especially when you're in an offense that utilizes the run game and play action utilizes a lot of like jet sweep type looks where, you know, for a young quarterback, if you can get the defense moving it and potentially revealing what looks they're in based off of how they're reacting to all of these motions. Like it's another, I'm sure that's something that's coached. Like that's another leg up as well in terms of how he's developing as a quarterback. For me, the question that will be answered is, Is he like, James, you you bring up a good point. Like, I think he does have a little of the Zach Wilson. I'm going to fit the ball in here. I don't care what the look is. Like every young quarterback to some extent has that. What I think the major differentiating factor besides team, which is a huge one, is that Trey Lance has an NFL body, an NFL arm and can. Can run the football and get hard yards. No, no, like scramble and slide. Like I'm a big proponent of of not running your quarterback, but when he needs to, just like Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a throwing quarterback. When he needs to get yards with his legs, he's very capable of doing so. For that reason,
1: yeah,
0: Right, exactly. In a crunch, and you know, I, I think with the weapons around him, he is in a great position to succeed. Especially having played a little bit and now getting to you know fully jump into his full year starting the only reason
1: i said that you should have the same energy about trey lance and zach wilson is you bring up the college point you bring up the like fearing him not being able to see the game because of his lack of competition that brother played a year and a half at north dakota state come on man I, I, he played I, 17 I, I, games I, I, at north dakota state
0: so what's the same, same,
1: for, same energy i've got for it seven Matt, correct me for the amount of games he played, right? Like sixteen, yes, seventeen that's, that's games that's at North Dakota fair. at North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and, and and but you got more belief in that. Come on, man, but you got more belief in that, brother, than you do in Zach Wilson. Absolutely. From that simple fact, from that simple fact, get, um, get whatever. I was mad,
0: absolutely. Zach Wilson,
2: <laughs> North Dakota State plays a pro style offense, and Trey Lance was like a was like a was like, wasn't a bad. Trey Lance threw five touchdowns, Zach Wilson threw nine, and Zach Wilson threw like a thousand, not a thousand, but a thousand FCS. more passes.
1: FCS. FCS competition. But, 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 let me, let's not stray too far away from the point. Because I do, I think Trey Lance is, has a has a boom year. And Matt, to be honest, I was teetering on this point until two weeks ago, you started talking highly of Trey Lance. And I, like, my mind, like you literally flipped my mind on spot as to why I think Trey Lance is going to succeed. And it really stems from if Jimmy G, if you (laughs) insert Jimmy G into your offense and he takes your offense into Green Bay, wins you a game, it takes you to the NFC championship game. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Seriously. Like anybody can multiple times, Jake, multiple times. Jimmy G ended up in a NFC championship
0: game and or Bowl. Twice, he beat Aaron Rodgers
2: in the playoffs twice.
0: Twice. What's hilarious is, is that like that doesn't get him respect. It just we just take (laughs) it it and say no, no, no. It
1: gives Kyle Shanahan more respect. That don't give Jimmy Jimmy G. It gives Kyle Shanahan and that system respect. But they have such a creative offense, and that it was stymied by a quarterback who couldn't create anything. Who couldn't create an Adobe Premiere profile? Like he couldn't. He couldn't create anything. You have Debo Samuel, who you utilize in like three different positions. You have George Kittle, who is at like the the front line of a reinvented a a tight end renaissance right now, with being able to do everything from the tight end position. And then you looked at the quarterback. The quarterback was able to do two, three things well. And now you insert a quarterback with a little bit more risk. He's younger, likes to push the ball more. But now your creativity doesn't stop with the quarterback position. It actually is enhanced by the quarterback position. You don't have all these moving parts going on. And then Jimmy G, who doesn't move in the pocket, who doesn't push the ball down the field. You have Trey Lance to go along with. George Kittle, who's running every route in the book. Debo Samuel, who you're putting in all these different situations. Elijah Mitchell, who can catch the ball, run the ball well. Like look, Look at how... How much your offense blossoms now with Trey Lance in it. And if Kyle Shanahan was able to have such a creative offense and succeed, with I'll say it again, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was able to do that, just imagine the positions and the things he's going to be able to do with Trey Lance and vice versa. Trey Lance also benefits from going into this offense and watching it from the sideline and being like, look how fun this offense is and how much Jimmy G can't utilize the fun. Like, he don't even know how to use these toys. Like he don't even know how to use what he's got out there. Trey Lance can use it better. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, he's you could add him and Rudy Gobert to the list of and Russell Westbrook oh. of the completely oh. devoured and destroyed. Jimmy. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know, man,
1: because Rudy Gobert gets a lot of a lot of accolades that. Jimmy G don't even get the accolades.
2: Right. That's true. And Rudy Gobert and Russell Westbrook are going to make the Hall of Fame. No one's going to put Jimmy G in the Hall of
1: Fame. Matt, I don't want to have this conversation, but if Rudy Gobert makes the Hall should. of Fame, I didn't
2: say they should. I didn't say they should. I'm just nah. saying they're going to get in.
1: If Rudy Gobert makes the Hall of Fame, I will. He got too many accolades
2: to not. It's
0: sick.
1: I will. He's got two Defensive Player of Years. I will. I will be sick. He probably left the NBA
0: in blocks and rebounds a couple of years I don't too. Care. I mean, I don't we don't like care. to we like to dislike him, but you know.
1: I don't think it's just us. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So we might have we put this on the table before, but I'll put it on the table again. You have the defending champs in your division. You have the Arizona Cardinals who, for what it's worth, were one of the best teams in football through 10, 11 weeks last season. We'll see what happens this year. Where do the 49ers fit into the grand scheme of the NFC? How do you see them pushing? They're one of the, the top NFC? contenders.
2: Yeah. Already. There's no reason they shouldn't be one of the top contenders in the NFC. I, I like you, uh, you could uh, like I don't have pe- a problem with people arguing this team over them or whatever, but like if you think they're like in like the Eagles range, you're fooling yourself.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Above at the, least. Eagles. Yeah, that above the Eagles, my point. yeah, that's my point. I, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, and I, I would agree. Like they are like should be there. Not not wouldn't be surprised if they get there. They're a step beyond like where you expect them to be one of the teams in the mix when there's only eight teams remaining. Um, and it as far as the division though, there's still one B. Like the Rams are one A, and they're one B. You and then, can't give
1: them one B yet. I guess you can. They were dude, in the that, NFC Championship game,
0: it, like, and they yeah. and they made the Super Bowl in recent
2: memory too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're one B. They're one
0: B. Yeah, it's and it's a shame because they're probably going to have to beat the Rams. Maybe they will beat the Rams this time. I don't know, but like they're going to have to get past the Rams multiple, multiple times. Like probably like four times or uh, three times. Now I I will say this, the offense for the which
1: is crazy with Kyle Shanahan at the helm, but this is going to be the first time that the that we expect the offense to succeed, pass first instead of run first. They've been aided by such a good run game by such a controlled pace that I think you let the reins off more when Trey Lance comes in because I think kind of putting him in that game managing role trying to not let him do too much, I think that's a detriment to him and your team. Like I don't think that's how that offense runs the best with him at the helm, but it's how the offense has been running the best up until this point. And for as much as we want to make fun of Jimmy G, he's not winning you games, but he ain't lose them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like You put him in the game manager role, he ain't lose he's, them. Which is he's, a, but, but, but does the offense run as effectively now that it's passed first or now that it's
0: more spread out, more fluid, running quicker? Like, do you think it's as successful? It it should be more successful, but you just have to watch because, like, the one thing we we you know tax Jimmy G for being supremely average, which he is, and that's being nice. But he's a game manager, and what game managers don't do is make rookie bonehead moves that yeah, cost yeah. you games. Which First year moves? Yeah, you yeah, have sure. to budget for like Trey Lance. Even if he does have a good year, or is most likely going to do something that costs his team a game. Uh, at some point, and that's the nature of the position that he plays. So uh, that being said, that doesn't mean that he's not going to have a great statistical year. And I think overall, we'll, we'll look back at it and say he surged the offenses as good, if right, not better.
1: Right. Well, there's there's balance to that, right? Because for as many games as Trey Lance might lose you because of the mistakes, those are probably the same number of games that Jimmy, D, Jimmy G didn't go and win you. you know Fair. I mean, he's got an opportunity to make a game winning drive with two minutes and he don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? So, I think there's an an even balance there. But um, we will move on. So, we we wrapped up that first part with kind of the sophomore year slumps or surges in the NFL. We're going to move on to the second part of our podcast, introduce a new segment. We like this one. Had to workshop it a little bit, but I think we got it down a little bit. Calling it fact of the matter. So, I'm going to name a fact to everyone. It's a simple statement. We're going to tell me what that fact means or the fact of the matter of the statement. So let's just get some some news on in here right now because it is officially official. Kevin Durant has rescinded his trade request from the Brooklyn Nets in what is only known as must-see TV over there in Brooklyn. So now what we thought may have been zero out of three for the Brooklyn Nets, all three are now locked in and confirmed for the next season. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and now... Kevin Durant. So what does that mean? Jake, I'll start with you first. Give me the fact of the matter right here. What, what's going on in Brooklyn with KD? What does it mean for the Nets now?
0: Uh, before we get to the facts, this is another fact that isn't actually a fact. Being in the front office of Brooklyn has to be the worst job in the NBA. Easily, I mean, by far, I mean, has I to mean. be like, oh, you're leaving? Okay, well that's great. We can make a contingency plan. Oh, the plan's made. Oh, you're staying. Okay, well, let's go and, and build where we should have been doing initially before anyone said that. Now, we're it's, be leaving. now it's the second week.
1: Now it's the second week of August. Now you want me to reach out to people. <laughs> now you want me to sign for second week of August.
0: Now you want me to go and sign people. Perfect. So I mean, look, here's the fact of the matter. In games that Katie and Kyrie have played together, the Nets are twenty seven and seventeen. And it's shocking that it's only that many games. But that's a 51-and-a-half win pace over 82 games when you extrapolate it. And then that, that's just those two. That's not including the fact that some of those games means that they were missing James Harden. He was hurt. He was mm-hmm. out. And they didn't have a star-level talent to sub in there. They're going to have Ben Simma. Sint- well, maybe that's not a fact. <laughs> they should have Ben no, they, Simmons. They should, there you go. There you go. There you go. And so you have to think like he contributes a few wins to that total. um, And we're going to talk about a little bit more coming up. But like they also get Joe Harris back, who's sneakily Mm -hmm. a really big piece of that team, too. So all the all the media circus aside, this team still should be up in the top three of title contenders going into this NBA season. Point blank. They are. Um, So I don't know how you guys feel about it, but Uh, that's what the facts say.
2: Hard Mm -hmm. disagree. Um, they had no chance to rebuild a team that was a yeah. complete failure last year. Not only did they just get get swept by the Celtics, they were in the play-in game. Like, they were really bad. Mm-hmm. They were the All seventh <laughs> seed, and they won a play-in game. And Ben Simmons is the most unreliable thing in the league. And Kyrie Irving is the most inconsistent star in the league. The, this idea that he's automatically going to play great. There's He was on a really good Boston team that went out and fived in five to Milwaukee because he couldn't shoot in the series. Like, he's not a guaranteed great player. I And when you don't
1: – Like, I uh, – He's uh, 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 a guaranteed guarantee, guarantee, guarantee great player. On hey, no, no, no. Matt, 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 Matt when he gets there he's a guaranteed great player oh. when he gets there but i mean he didn't play the first full half of the season steps on the court and drops 50 so no 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 no, no, no i i agree i but but like he's he
2: he's not someone that you can bank on having a great playoff series you just can't do that um he he's had a few rough ones recently yeah. so i see what so, you're saying. so um I, I I wouldn't put them in the top three in the NBA. I wouldn't put them in the top three in the East. I think as they're constructed currently, they're a four or five seed in the East.
1: I think, I, I, and I think that assessment from Matt is fair because, and, and recency bias isn't the term, but based on recent events, like a team that's just led by Katie and Kyrie isn't enough on paper to automatically put them in the top of the Eastern Conference that includes a Milwaukee Bucks team who just won the finals, includes a Boston Celtics team who has just gotten over the hump and got to the finals, includes a Miami Heat team who was in the finals two, three seasons ago, includes all these great teams at the top of the Eastern Conference who they've lost to. You tell like I get Kevin Durant wears too big a, uh, too big a shoe, but they lost to Boston in that series and Boston went and won the finals. Last year with the Celtics, led by the same two, they get swept by the Celtics who go on and make the finals. You know what I mean? So, like, if... if, if Matt, I see where you're coming from because if they have yet to build the supporting pieces around those two, then that doesn't suggest that them two coming back is going to move the needle. Now, Ben Simmons is a new piece. Joe Harris is a piece they didn't have last year. Like, that's all That's all well and good. Like, let, let, let's see how that... Let's see how that moves. But I do... See where you're coming from. But to, to answer the statement, like what's the fact of the matter? The fact of the matter is this: Kevin Durant is too valuable to trade. That's what this means. That like this doesn't mean that stuff is fixed. This doesn't mean that Kevin Durant is all in. This doesn't mean this means that Kevin Durant is too valuable to trade. And for the business of basketball, this makes too little sense for Brooklyn to do. It just simply does. Unless we can get a team who's willing to trade their top two stars, one of their young players, and four first-round draft picks, you we can't trade you. You are still a top three to five player in this league with four years attached to a contract that just kicks in this year. You have way too much value to you. Yeah, like the like we the, the teams can't give us enough. And this isn't like you know this isn't like the Daryl Morey instance where he's driving the bargain up and people know that he's kind of you know asking for too much out the gate people thought that the nets were asking for too much out the gate and then we really start to break down who they're asking for and what he has attached to him it's like bro i can't ask you for too much like i i I feel okay asking you for your whole team and since there's no team in nba that's going to give us that kevin durant guess what bro if you love basketball that much you're going to have to play here for at least this season and to drive that value down like that's just what it means
0: I think that because he truly does like love basketball, can never basketball. knock knock Kevin Durant yeah, for his basketball. interest in the game, unlike Kyrie. So I think that him being there and agreeing to come back is essentially him saying, like, look, okay, fine, like I'll come back, try keep trying to trade me. But while I'm here, I mean, and there then there's the question of how truly committed can you be if you're looking for a way out. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. I just think that their team doesn't change that much it, from the Harden iteration that was the past two years. You know, you lose Seth Curry, uh, but you, you technically get um, Harris back, even though he was already on the team. He didn't play last year. Cam Thomas is a year older. You had TJ Warren come in. You have Royce O'Neal. Very strange trade, but a good trade for Brooklyn. He's a player who can A play. good trade
1: for Brooklyn. Jazz, I still need... Jazz are still under investigation because
0: what's Ridiculous. going on? <laughs> uh, And then And then I truly, like all the Ben Simmons slander in the world, uh, I get. But, like, he's a better fit for those two stars than Harden was. He just is. He's a guy who's going to take care of the other team's best player on defense. He's going to be able to engage both guys um in in the fast break and then he doesn't like need the ball like he needs the ball in his hands in a possession to do what you know facilitation well when he does right what he does right but he's not a scorer per se so Mm -hmm. i like he's like a james harden who doesn't want to score and is a good rebound just as good of a rebounder just as good of a passer and a better defender I so, would say
1: I would say a slightly better rebounder, slightly worse passer, fair, better a little, little better he's passer a, in transition. He's an
2: offensive liability in the final minutes of the game. Oh, and, look!
1: Oh, yeah, I hey, hey. gotta tell y'all that. that. I'm gonna, I gotta tell y'all run tell that. And when that game slowed down, boy, in the playoffs when that game because when the game slowed down, that's why Matt. That's why I gotta disagree with you. You can't bake on Kyrie not being good in a playoff series. Cause even when they got beat, it wasn't because Katie and Kyrie weren't playing well. It's just cause they didn't have enough. Like all these teams are our better teams than he's time to, but them brothers are still showing out. And like, it's just like you have two guys that when the game slows down is when they get their most lethal, when it gets to a half court game, get to my spot and get a bucket. I got two of the best in the league. I just need – I need people there to do all the other things. I need people there who are going to rebound. I need people who are going to pass well. I need people there who are going to defend. I need people who are going to do all the – yeah, like I do all the other things. Scoring the ball, we got. <laughs> like I got two people who are going to score the ball. And I don't even want to like make a joke about that or say it really lightly because they do it better than anybody else does in the league damn near.
0: And but
1: I, I, I can bank on Kyrie doing his part to score. And
0: I can, imagine – Imagine if this is the year Ben Simmons starts shooting. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> we're we're done with that whole okay. song and
1: dance. I don't know. Here's the thing: it can't for for the for the sanity of the city of Philadelphia that can't ever happen.
0: It would be bad. It would be I really can, bad. It, it, be it,
1: like for the if, sanity of y'all, it can't if Ben ever
2: Simmons lifts up an NBA Finals trophy, my dad's oh. brain might explode.
1: <laughs> oh, and <y'all. laughs> mine. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens with Brooklyn. um I think that's a good question. I, I that's a good question I kind of want to pull to all of our straight facts listeners. We'll put it on social. Do you see Brooklyn as a top three team in the East this year? Do you see them getting past the likes of Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami those kind of teams that they're gonna after surpass like do you guys see now with the big three KD Kyrie, Ben Simmons
0: getting past that? It's nuts. It makes me smile. It makes me chuckle every time Ben Simmons' name. It's like, we've got Harden, uh, KD, and Kyrie. Oh, we still got three stars. Oh, who's the third star now? Oh, it's Ben Simmons. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Who? Less confident.
1: (laughs) That's that's funny. All right. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. Um, But as always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got a shot at the buzzer?
2: I just want to say I highly recommend watching the Manti Teodoc on netflix oh people are both me parts it was really good really interesting and the amount of like abuse he got was definitely because i remember it but because oh, yeah. uh, i was like a 17 year old a-hole at the time i was gonna say i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say we were all like yeah, 15 we was giving it to we was
1: oh my god we were like
2: uh, but like it was like it's like it's horrible what happened to him because he goes into the detail all of these like in detail things, and then they interview the catfisher, which was really mind opening to what a, so, how like a sociopath thinks, and it was just a really good documentary.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't want to like poke too much fun about the situation because I, I I haven't watched the documentary, but I hear when you do, it really is like eye opening and jarring to what he went through, not just. With the catfishing, but everything that ensued afterwards being like a, a, a public joke and embarrassment. I'm just, I just don't know how you get catfished. But like, that's why I want to watch it because I really like how do you fall in love with someone you've never laid your eyes on? Like that's, yeah. you know what I mean. Call Neve, he would have had that situation fixed in a week. He would have had them. You know what I mean? He would have them out of here in a week.
0: <laughs> I I think he does do a great example of like you are ultimately in control of how people perceive you and, and solely through how you respond to things. Like he has every right in the world to be like mad at the world for how things transpired. But from what I've seen, he's like very like forgiving of everyone involved and has moved on and is, you know, like that's, I, I good for him. Cause I could not do that. Um, no, that's, be, I'd crazy. be fighting
1: a lot of people. I'd be fighting right. a lot of people. Yes.
0: Yeah. That would be my <laughs> full time job. Instead of football, I would be showing up at your door. To have you answer for the Twitter comment you just made,
1: <laughs> exactly, Jake. You got a uh, shot at the buzzer.
0: Uh, the only thing, uh, nothing too crazy. I uh, have. I think I mentioned it before. I started watching The Boys on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Very, very good show. Uh, if you like the whole Game of Thrones kind of like, it has that violence and, and sort of gore element to it. Not that I like that, but if you can withstand Game of Thrones, I would say you could withstand this show. It is pretty graphic, uh, but very funny and ultimately like very well done. So I would recommend it. If anyone has prime video, check it out.
1: Mm. No, I've heard a lot about this. I heard the first scene, like within like 10 okay. seconds of the show, it, it, uh, it just starts popping off. Wow. I, heard, I, won't, yeah, I, won't, wow. I I know what happens in the first scene. I won't spoil it for everyone, but I heard it just gets, it's crazy. Um, All I have to say is y- 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 you get a lot of enjoyment. It's really fun when I like, Start really enjoying like little activities and little things. Shout out to my man Tyler Taney. He's really gotten me into this lately. Bowling. I have hmm. rediscovered my love for bowling, bro. And it's probably because I'm pretty good. Like I bowl now.
0: What's your average? Like, you have an average?
1: I'm, I probably not a, not a concrete average, but I live in like the 130 to 150 range. Like if hmm. I do less than like 130, like I, I consider myself having like a poor performance. But yeah, I'm up there now. This is real. Like I don't, I can't like go bowling with just anybody anymore. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm that person that like if you just want to like go bowl and just mess around, it's not gonna be fun for you because I'm, I'm gonna be like, I'm like strike every other, every other like lane, every other frame.
0: Yeah, you're like Jonathan. Jonathan Papelbon leaning over, <laughs> staring into the soul, like level focus, and where yeah. I'm just trying to have a good time. People
1: that's are like funny. throwing the ball between their legs, and I'm I'm, I'm lumber liquidators up there. Like I, I it is. You got really the glasses.
0: Real. You got the yeah. hand lubricant. Who, who
1: do you, Who do you think you are? I am. That's what I do when I'm up there. That's That's really what I get into.
0: Well, it's fitting. Your man's Chris Paul is a great bowler. I'm trying to be in a celebrity bowling tournament. I'm trying
1: to. Nah, cause wow. they bowl, bowl that's they what I'm bowl. about to say like, about you got to be
2: over 200 for that.
1: bowl. <laughs> like Luki Betts you was a natural one year yeah. bowling. Like yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not that great, but maybe that's definitely that, bowling. Yeah, that that should be my little like goal. That's that's what I know that I've made it to a level of bowling that I can only you know can only strive for is that I get invited to cp P three celebrity bowling tournament.
0: Wow, that's pressure, bro. I that's don't know if I, I might thing. crumple. That's, that's, that's big time. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I, don't know, I don't
1: know if I got what it takes to do all that. But we are out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Cannot wait for football to start back up. Only two more weeks of the NFL offseason and of Straight Facts offseason. We can't wait for season three. Shout out to everyone on the Up On Game Presents Network. LeVar Arrington, Plexico Burris, TJ Houshmanzada. And shout out to my guys, Jake Galley and Stab Mount Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts straight up.